This is Alex Haddix from the Practical Defense Podcast. You're listening to Karate Cafe, the show that's been on so long, the first episode was broadcast via telegraph. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul here at Karate Cafe with another wonderful episode, I hope, of Karate Cafe for your ears and your commute. Uh, just off of my center line, as always, is my good friend Dan Williams. Dan, how are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty, pretty good? I'm, I'm very good. I'm yeah. most excellent. So you're not up to your, your nose in snow, are you? Uh, well... I would say up to my knees, probably. Okay. Not quite nose. We're not uh, – Grand Rapids isn't quite east enough to uh, have caught in the – got caught in the, the real blizzard. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had uh, <clears throat> uh, some, of our, our, some of our fans and some of our uh, – I guess fans, fans, listeners, I call it what you will. Uh, but also some of our uh, uh, people in my federation are up there. They're up in Maine and stuff. And uh, he just had a picture of – there was snow – and then, like right above the snow, you saw the awning for the door of the dojo, and there was a snow uh, shovel <laughs> right in the middle of it, and it said, "You know, calling all students because yeah, you can't get in the dojo unless you have to dig it out." So I mean, it was like you know, <laughs> six feet high or whatever. It was crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's 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 good to have, you know have uh, martial skills that you can do inside when you so you don't have to get out on a day like that. That's right. That's cray cray. Uh, we've got uh, a nice little interesting topic for you, which we will get to in a moment. Uh, it's about keeping it all in context. Uh, just want to give you guys some, uh, well, some bragging, I guess. We want, we want to brag a little bit. I just went and looked at our stats for the last month, and uh, we got almost 1,000 downloads this, uh, this last month, uh, which is, is pretty cool uh, because, I mean, we, you know, kind of took our, 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 our holidays off and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, at any given time, and, uh, you know, our, <clears throat> so our numbers dropped off, but, um, you know, it... The good thing is, I mean, it's, it's, it's several hundred downloads of our, you know, recent episodes, which is great, but it's also, you know, the older episodes that, that, that people are going back. It's, you know, the reruns and it's uh, just the older episodes in and of themselves. So, uh, and even uh, the, uh, the, the trailer that, that Dan, you made, what, three years ago or something? Something like that. Uh, it, it's still up there and people still download it. So I need to, uh, I need to redo that. I know. It was pretty cool. I like that music. It was kind of fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so thank you guys all for uh, uh, listening and downloading. If you're new, thank you for joining us. Uh, we've had a couple people join the uh, Facebook group, uh, but they haven't really commented on anything. We had a nice comment from uh, our good friend Matt Matson on the um, oh yeah on the last episode. I thought that was kind of nice. A very long one, <laughs> but that's why he wrote a book. He's he 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 writes. He's got well, master's you know, degrees. Yeah, that's his thing. He can he can he can write like the wind. Uh, so Matt, thanks for that that comment, and you know, you guys feel free to uh, make all the comments you want. That would be great, preferably yeah. preferably you know positive ones. Um, and speaking of comments, we got a, a nice uh, email about twenty one hours ago uh, from a listener uh, in uh, in Miami, Florida. Uh, he's a shodan in Sanchinbushi Ru Karate Do. Uh, his name is A E X. That is a mouthful. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess they figure, you know, by the time people are trying to say, what, Sanshin Bushi, you've hit them. Yeah, that's right. Before, yeah. they, before they get to no. the Rue, uh, <laughs> we get uh, A.E. Agostini is his name, uh, and he uh, sent us an, an email 
And it said, and I quote, I just want to thank you guys for all the subjects you have talked about in your podcast. It really assists me and helps me with some of the extra detail information that can push me to be a better karateka and a better first-time teacher. Uh, yeah, I'm a first degree in Sanchenbushiru Karate down here in Miami, Florida. I was going down there in Miami, Florida. Uh, <clears throat> said uh, Hanshi, I guess his instructor, has passed me down some teachers to teach, uh, teenagers to teach, mm-hmm. uh, and for me to grow as an instructor, which has helped a lot. Plus, it has made me proud of them since they have to reach uh, their next level. It says their new challenge is going to be teaching younger kids. So there's another, you know. Uh, Internal challenge, and we just replayed our, our interview with the Kids Karate Workbook author, right. Didi Goodman. Yep. Uh, said uh, they're teaching, he's teaching his kids' best friends. He let me for more, uh, and so far they've given him a thumbs up for doing a good job. Thanks again for and keep on talking and giving the good food for thought. It really helps every word of it. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, wow. So thanks. So yeah. uh, AE like or. It. Like it's there's a point to what we're doing. I mean, <laughs> but I don't like you know hanging out and chatting with you uh, once a, once every couple of weeks or so. But yeah. it's nice to know that other people are appreciating it. Yeah, it's it's it, it is good. It does it, it does my heart good. Um, <laughs> I, it, oh, it's nice to get that. It's I mean because that's yeah. part of the part is you know we we want to talk about you know concepts that we all end up with. It doesn't matter if it's karate or you know wing chun or jujitsu mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, it's all stuff like this, and it's it's. I find that listening to other instructors talk that even aren't in, in my system yeah. uh, helps me because it makes me think oh, about yeah. things. Even if it's something as as you know simple as just like you know a punch, you know, and go like, oh, yeah. you know, I never really, oh, you know, I've been letting that go, you know. So yeah, that's a that's a wonderful thing. So you know, thank you for that email, and uh, congratulations on getting your class, and you know, maybe uh, we can they can fly us down there and we'll do a show. In Miami. There you go. Perfect. Especially right around now would be great. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's that's great. So uh, we've got that uh, email. We've got a lot of people uh, listening. Um, not a lot of people buying stuff from Piranha Gear or going to the Amazon link. That'd be what cool. What's now? What's that? I said what now? What? That's, what? Uh, what, that's, what? that's not acceptable. I know. Exactly. That would be So that would be great. So if any of you guys want to uh, go over there and then help out the podcast that would be awesome you can also uh as you know donate uh that'd be great you know forego your cup of coffee and give it to karate cafe and you know a little dab will do us i'll yeah. have to get us a uh, uh a bitcoin uh link <laughs> <laughs> so people could donate in bitcoins if they want yeah that'd be great i mean yeah. I, don't, I don't know if the if the uh the host it, uh takes bitcoin it, but is 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 the martial arts world ready for Bitcoin? Is the question. That's true. That might be a topic because <laughs> if any of my students try and pay me in Bitcoin, that would be you know not so much. Um, <laughs> no, it's well, perfect. What are you talking about? Yeah, not, can't, can't see anything wrong there. That's right. <clears throat> the uh, anyway, uh, and also um, my uh, my friend that I mentioned in the, uh, the podcast before last about the security things with the the whistle. He did the whistle. Oh yeah, and uh, he listened to the show, and he was like, "Yeah, man, that's pretty cool that you uh, that you mentioned that." And I said, "You know, we every now and again we try and like to put little tips and tricks and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that out." So, I mean, if any of you guys have that sort of thing, uh, feel free to share. Put it on the Facebook page. Give us an email. Give us a call in the comment line, uh, and uh, we'll include it because you know we like to do you know something practical as opposed to just the normal blowhard you know that's right thing that we do. It's just the normal. We should have called this uh, 
uh, karate BS cafe. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's what six years later. If you guys haven't figured that out, yeah. We, uh, okay. we uh, and anyway, so th- this is all good. We like the the feedback, and so so thank you very much. Um, anyway, so on to the topic, which we do in fact have a topic, uh, <clears throat> and it is keeping it all in context. Now, uh, this stems from I was reading. I was reading an issue of Black Belt Magazine. It was, a, it was a recent one, and it had a guy in here that a few of you may have heard of. His name is Burton Richardson. Uh, he is uh, a uh, longtime martial artist, it, it relatively, I mean, if, if you don't know who he is, that's okay, because, I mean, I guess probably in, like, slot circles, and I guess he, he's kind of getting into uh, MMA kind of circles and stuff okay. now, and uh, I think Jeet Kune Do, he was, he was kind of into that for a while, and I, I, I've known him, there's a Hawaii connection there, and, and whatnot, and so, <clears throat> anyway, he had an article, and he was talking about, because uh, he's really big into Salat, that uh, he was doing it, and he was finding that sometimes it just, it seemed like it didn't work, and uh, I think it was mostly against, uh, you know, uh, mixed martial artists, essentially, and, um, I want to. Yeah, uh, I read it. I read the article, and because uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of like a lot, you know, and so I was just kind of yeah. reading what's going on there, and so. Well, uh, you know, I think the thing is, is that um, as well, you know, I like go ahead and finish. Sorry. Oh no no no. The uh, well, it's it's tough when you take a, a traditional martial arts and 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 you walk into an MMA ring. I mean, I've 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 never seen an MMA guy. Uh, look like a traditional martial artist in an MMA ring, and right. I just don't think I don't think it works like that, you know. Yeah. Well, there was a <clears throat> so the, uh, in, in the article he mentioned. I mean, specifically, it was he was working with a guy. I guess who's you know one of his students that does it, and he was trying to apply a technique which I can't I can't recall what the technique was, but he said uh, uh, that it was a technique that he'd used before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and against resisting opponents, but this time it just didn't work. And he said, you know, the reason why was uh, in this case the base was uh, too stable, so they couldn't, you know, yeah. disturb his, his his base and and whatnot. So, uh, and then he figured out that oh well, okay, then then relative to doing this, then it made me vulnerable for a takedown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so in the article they say he eventually decided, well, I'm going to stop doing a lot for a while and I'm going to, you know, maybe go study this stuff and, and, and see what, what goes on. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm a proponent of cross training, uh, but to keep it the, the, the topic, which is keep it in context is like, well, you in that context, that technique. Yeah. And, and, I, and I guess when, when I got done reading this, I was like, you know, mm-hmm. this guy knows his stuff. Yeah. So uh, why to me, the guy who, you know, has not probably been doing martial arts as long or as as, as often as he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is you know why is, why isn't he keeping that in context? Well, you know it's 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 like bringing a knife to the gunfight. Why didn't the knife work so well? Well, because the guy had a gun. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you know, if if you walk into an MMA ring and say, "Gee, none of my knife techniques are working," well, it's because you don't have a knife. Um, it's it's kind of the same idea in that uh, I. I I will be honest. I truly believe that in probably in most uh, traditional martial arts, you could probably strip out eighty percent of the techniques that are taught, 
and focus on 20% of the techniques and with those 20% of techniques get 80% of the way there. Um, so to say, gee, you know, I, when's, when's the last time a, a 360, you know, Taekwondo sidekick worked in the ring? Well, (laughs) it's, it's because it, it, it doesn't really, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, I think a lot of that stuff, it's not meant for in the ring. It's not even potentially not even meant for self-defense. You know, in, in Wing Chun, we have a, a long pole that we train with. And I think a lot of people incorrectly believe that it's a weapon and it's not, it's, it's just a training tool. It's a, it's a tool to refine your empty hand technique. Um, and if you think of it, as a weapon and that you're training with a weapon and and these are the movements that you're going to use with a weapon i mean could you could you do that yes potentially (laughs) um but you know where on earth are you going to have access to an eight foot pole (laughs) it just doesn't really make any sense right well i'm I'm gonna leave that one alone but uh the (laughs) the uh we're, we're still we're still clean uh, yeah, well, you know, but that's many times I have, you know, run out. It's, you know, um, you know, I say like, you know, if you're going up against a grappler, you know, don't grapple. You know, in this case, he, but he was doing the technique that he normally does. Mm-hmm. But because that person is doing, is, is lined up that way, yep. then then probably that's not the technique to use. Yeah. And so now in my mind, it's like, well, you take that in, 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 to heart. And you go, okay, that's not going to work there, you know, or, or I can't make it work there right now. Because then yeah. later in the article, what, what, what he stated was that after, you know, training in different, you know, training with the, the MMA guys and starting to do jiu-jitsu and, and whatnot, he, I think he ended up being able to apply the technique. But oh, because, okay. because he understood, I mean, probably, you know, now he understood better how to upend this guy, you know, or... or you know, Right. Well, and like you, like, you know, as the topic says, he was then keeping it in context because, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where, and <laughs> you, you see this in, uh, all the time at demonstrations and stuff. Well, okay, here's an arm bar. Well, what if I just do this? Okay. Well, then I would do this. Yeah. But what then what if I do this? Yeah. Then, well, I would, it's just like, okay, well, the context of the situation is this. We are, we are, f- for the purpose of training, pretending. Yes, we are pretending. Um, but the point is, is that if if the context is, you, you know, this this guy's arms are, you know, six inches long, then you're, you're not going to do an arm bar on the guy. Um, and so, yes, not every technique is going to work for every situation. Right. Uh, and and furthermore, in, in the course of training, and when you're training in, in- – the dojo, dojang, training hall, you know, cemetery at midnight, wherever you're training. The, <clears throat> there's a certain amount of, also, you know, if he's training with a partner that he's training with all the time, and you're training with a partner you're training with all the time, you, after a while you do kind of get the, you know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, you become I, a little too compliant. Well, yeah, well, but then, but then also, but you also kind of know what the person's going to do a little right. bit. I mean, yep. you know, this is, nope. I think one of his students, whatnot, so, but I'm sure that whatever technique that they're using is probably a technique that he said he's used a lot before, so he knows it works. Well, okay, in that context, he was using it against somebody, and it didn't work. Yep. You know, uh, then, well, 
also probably because the guy could probably see it coming a little bit. I mean, and I, yeah. I, 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 well, I, and obviously you're going to – you will use different techniques on a trained fighter than you will an untrained fighter. I mean uh, just as the the context of let's say the ring versus the street kind of thing, you have adrenaline, you have concrete, you have – other people you have so there's there's such a a a disparity of context uh and i think that's that's where some traditional martial artists have not some that's where traditional martial artists have an argument against well mma works all the time you know throw out all of your traditional martial arts techniques and just study mma it's because yes mma is works wonderfully in the context of MMA and it's it's much more difficult to say okay outside the context of the ring and the sport um let's take a look at that and and you can't really do that because you know you'd be cracking heads on the ground and things like that yeah and <clears throat> i think that one of the the takeaway is one of the things that I that I do uh, you know, fr- from a traditional standpoint is mm-hmm. is I try to I mean I, first off I tell all my students I, you know you you got to dance with who brought you so if you're <laughs> if you're sparring you know you're doing a technique with somebody and they attack you wrong or they 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 throw the punch the wrong level or if they do whatever you need to adapt to whatever that is yeah so and your and your technique should be able to adapt to it and I think our techniques are fairly adaptable so so that's that's all well and good. But then, you know, I always tell them, like, sometimes stuff doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't right. work. It's, you know, yeah, their arms are short, their arms are long, you're too far yep. away, there's, you know. They're bo- short, they're tall. Yeah, you know, it, it's all that. And, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this was all thoughtfully, you know, considered uh, by uh, Burton anyway, but, I mean, this is just, you know, it's a good topic for us to talk about. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm presuming that, that, you know, maybe he did, and not to get disheartened and go, like, man, this this just isn't working. No, well, and, and that's... That's that is the tough part. I gotta say because if, um, if as a traditional martial artist, you start kind of playing with the MMA crowd, um, then obviously, like you know, the bullshito guys and stuff like that, they are they are very quick to poo poo um, traditional martial arts for the most part. I mean, obviously, you get it. Different people, but. Um, and it's it's really easy to to I don't know jump into a ring an MMA ring as a black belt up against a guy that's been doing it for a couple of years, and 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 get your ass handed to you you know, and say boy, what was the point of any of this stuff? I'm going to throw it all away, you know, and that's that is that's really disheartening. But the the thing is is that that. If if you take that event, and again into the context of your martial arts training, and say, well, this is this is a single event in my long history of martial arts training, and I'm going to evaluate that single event in that context, and not just go, well, everything I've learned over the past five or six years is just crap and I'm going to throw it all out. It kind of reminds me of, um, oh, who's the, who is the fear factor guy? Oh, Joe Rogan. Joe. Yeah. Um, he has some, he has some rant on YouTube about how useless traditional martial arts are. 
And I think to myself, you know, if uh, one, if if you're if your entire focus and the whole point of taking martial arts is is self defense, um, then one, you're kind of missing the point. Two, I'm guessing that's not what you focused on when you were taking them, or somebody lied to you when you were taking them. Your instructor lied to you saying you're going to be the ultimate um, and and be unbeatable when you're done with this whole thing. So again, it's keeping it in the context of, uh, gee, are, are you are you training to be you know a SEAL Team Six warrior, or are you? Are you training because you enjoy it and it's a passion and you also want these other benefits that you get from it plus, you know, a, a aspect of self-defense? Yeah. <clears throat> the, the, big, the big thing that uh, – because everything I, we try, I try and do is I try and keep it defensively. I mean there's an, I like the mm-hmm. art and I like the, the defense part of it. Um, uh, but I did. one of the things that I try and do, especially when I'm uh, demonstrating techniques on somebody, if I'm doing a seminar or doing whatever, is I usually try to do something, but, but I don't demonstrate on them. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'll see it in my head and I'll kind of mess with it. But I mm-hmm. don't tell them what I'm going to do. Because there, there have been many, many times that even my students, even my, my designated uke, who makes me look really good, has, you know, kind of tightened up because they've already seen the technique. Yeah, and so they, they they either a they either go with it really too easily, and that kind of you know bums me out because then I mean I think I'm bad <laughs> and then it doesn't work, or then the other thing is they you know they're not they tense up to it because they see it coming and they're, and they're yeah. tired of getting hurt or, or you know whatever the deal. Yeah. So uh, you know I think I keep it in the context of you know if I do something and it works really good and then they just wow and I said because you didn't see it coming. I said but if you do like we're sparring and you know I'm going to be blocking you because you're doing you know. Metal punches, mm-hmm. you know, if we're just saying like, okay, it's just metal punches, you just do, do nothing but metal punches. Um, then that takes out a little bit of the, the thing because they, they think, okay, I'm going to block this way, I'm going to block this way, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be doing a lot of metal blocks. And I said, well, if I do a metal block and a kick at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, then that's something different. And they're not right. expecting that and that ruins the rhythm and stuff like that. So I, I think keeping, keeping the, that part in context of making sure that every now and again you do a technique that they don't expect to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, will probably kind of raise that confidence level and make you feel, you know, much better about what you're doing. Uh, yes. And, and then also keep in mind that I mean, then there are sometimes in uh, as we were saying earlier, the, the technique just won't work. I mean, because it, it won't work because of you. It won't work because of them. It won't work because of whatever. Right. And and you just gotta let, let that go. So I mean, there may be a, a part of that where even though that technique had worked, you know, a hundred times. Before, when he ran into this guy, the whatever the the scenario was, it didn't work. But then later, yeah. you know, after a few years of just general training, he could apply that in a different situation just because he's been training that much longer. Well, and then I mean, I think part of the issue becomes um, if if there's a particular technique that is going to only work one out of a hundred times. Uh, what is the value of learning that particular technique? And I think that's a fairly legitimate argument. <laughs> now, if you're someone who has a uh, at least a, even a, in a, a little bit of an academic 
interest in the martial arts, then that technique would interest you in learning. It's like that that then it becomes it's it's not the context of I'm going to be able to use this the next fight I get in. It's the context of this is an interest interesting aspect of my martial arts and body mechanics for that matter and you know i think sometimes um learning the ways uh, you know i'm i'm thinking of um uh, uh joint manipulation techniques and you know when you when you learn the concepts of how the body moves and doesn't move um then you can apply those concepts more accurately than you can apply the particular technique. But until you learn the technique first, it's it's hard to put the concepts in the context of the techniques because you just don't have any baseline to go from. So it's like it's it's kind of a mishmash of everything where yes, this technique is is useless on the street. But you know what? It's useful for training. It's useful for a bunch of other stuff, and sometimes knowledge just for knowledge, the sake of knowledge, is okay. Well, yeah, that's the the difference. Once again, back to the you know, the, in uh, in our world of, of the do and the jutsu, there's the art and then there's the application. And I think that <clears throat> there are some people who, for for marketing purposes, like to say jutsu because it sounds so badass. Let's say, oh, it's jutsu, and you know, okay, well, yeah, well, that's just, but the, you know, the jutsu really is, you know, this is is the practical, you know, defensive application of whatever that is. So, but, you know, the dough is equally important, and and who's to say that, you know, perfecting that jutsu, you're not really doing the dough, because it's the, you know, the art of making that technique more practical, more useful, more uh, applicable, than yep. necessarily doing the 360 degree spinning back kick. That's but, right. You know, in our, in our 2D sets, uh, there are techniques that are kind of like, huh? And people ask me all the time, I'm like, well, then what do I do with this? And I'm like, well, you could probably do this or this, said, but this is not necessarily a practical application. This is a conceptual application. You know, when you do this, their body does this, and then, you know, and you can make this happen. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to you to apply that somewhere down the road. You know, like you, you know that when you manipulate it this way, it will go this way. Right. So that's the context of it. Is is the context is, is not necessarily the attack, or you know, or, or the entry. It's the you know, uh, the the end result of of that movement, mm-hmm. and and then you just apply that movement wherever you wherever you apply it. Um, it and, and getting better. So, I mean, th- that technique might have been a a relatively complex technique or something that yeah. maybe just it just didn't work on that position. Um, but uh, I guess when I when I read the article, my big thing was I didn't. Uh, it it kind of disheartened me a little bit to hear a, a seasoned martial artist kind of you know like it just didn't work, and so I had to go study this other thing, and yeah. you know, and and I just I, I felt so bad because everyone knows me as this type of martial artist, and I had to. I had to admit that it didn't work for well, but it did. It just didn't work there. Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, you know, like when you say didn't work, you have to ask yourself, what does that mean? It didn't work. Does that mean that you couldn't pull off that technique in that particular situation? Uh, you know, I don't. 
I don't know <laughs> that, that that's a valid reason to say, well, screw this martial art then. Um, I can't pull off every technique I, I, I want to in, in, in every situation. I mean, I can understand the uh, being disheartened about your martial art. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, I think I sent you a... Uh, a video, a YouTube video about these guys that were testing for their black belt. And oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and everyone, was, everyone's pretty, pretty much seen that. Yeah, uh, we we can perpetuate it, but everyone has seen. Everybody's seen. It's one been of those. all over the internet. It's, and if they haven't seen that one, they've seen others. Um, but you know, I I I get it. If if one of those guys walked into an MMA gym. Um, they they would be disheartened <laughs> because their their training is so out of alignment with I what I would imagine their expectations of themselves to be, uh, and I think that's really where you know that's that's really what it that's that's where the problem is is that if 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 your instructor or your your training is telling you that you are going to be at a level you know 9 out of 10 on the badass scale and you go into one of these MMA gyms and realize that well you're really kind of like a a 5 out of 10 on the uh on the I'm I'm jumping in the ring scenario um then i mean yeah you're you're going to you're going to get bummed but there are there are some people that are bummed because they're just totally blindsided by it and again you know like these black belts if if they walked into the gym they would get they'd get smoked. I mean, they they'd probably get laughed at so hard that they could, they couldn't stay. But point being is is that you know these these people probably have happy and fulfilled lives, and this is a, a part of their lives, and they they you know one of those guys is is probably having a better day than i am today you know and so <laughs> well yeah. there's also the, the the overarching context and i know that there will be some of the friends of our podcast and there will be maybe some of you out there listening right now that well well poo poo what i always say is you know you always have to keep it in the context of by and large the you know person at the mcdojo that is learning techniques that are maybe not necessarily the most sound from a defensive standpoint or a practical standpoint, most likely will not need to use them ever in their lives. That's right. <laughs> so, That's so, right. so there's, there's the other, that's sort of the overarching and context. I, I, yeah, because you're absolutely right. I mean, as far as keeping it in context goes, um, are you, you know, uh, a, an, an upper middle class person living in the suburbs and, you know, it, 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 you know, for me, I'm, I'm 43 years old. My wife and I, we don't, we don't. It's not like we go to bars all the time. Um, I'm, I, I live in a, a suburb of Grand Rapids, and it, it, you know, the the context of what my martial arts are teaching me are things like uh, focus and balance, and you know, right now there's a big movement of. Uh, 
I was thinking about this the other day um, of of mindfulness and meditation and things like that and how how good that is for you physically and mentally and anyway I th- I thought to myself well as a martial artist I've been doing that for most of my life you know because when I cross I want, when I get my uniform on and I cross the threshold into the dojo I'm I'm fully present there I'm not thinking about my bills at home I'm not thinking about uh, work. I'm not thinking about anything other than what I'm doing right now because it really does take all my concentration to do it. And so in that context, hey, there there are some things that, you know, and I'm sure MMA does the exact, you get the exact same benefits and I'm not saying that you don't. Um, but <laughs> there, there are things that are in, in the context of life, not just in the context of is this a street fight with concrete, or is this an MMA fight with, uh, you know, with with a padded ring kind of thing? It's a in the context of my life, what's good for me and what's not good for me. And I'll tell you, I know some of those MMA guys, and their bodies are wrecked. Let me tell you. Yeah. And and even in, even in the in the in the, the I would say the harder styles world. Um, there's a lot of people who have done a heck of a lot more damage to their bodies, me included, um, than they probably would have ever had done to them had they not been in martial arts. Yeah, well, yeah, and, that, and that's absolutely another another good level of context. Is mm-hmm. you know, you know, how much do you need to do? You know, how much do right. you need to you know batter yourself? I had uh, somebody I know that they do a. They brag about how they have these Friday night fights. They go, they and a bunch of people get together and they all go to town on each other, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they said, you know, they don't, they don't stop fighting until somebody has a bloody nose, you know. Uh, okay, just... tough guy, right on, you know. Um, but which you know, but the thing mean, is, is that's that's really cool if it works for them and they're happy doing it. But it's it's not something that you can judge other people for not doing. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and so, but in the context for me, was the first thing, the reason why it was is because they said something about that they'd hurt their knee, like somebody, I don't know if they like, they, they're doing a spin kick or they're doing something and they kind of jacked their knee up or somebody kicked their knee. Anyway, they did something with their knee and they, you know, had to have a brace on and, you know, some other stuff. And, and my point to them was, was like, okay, now, because you went and did that and feel all tough and cool, right? That now limits your ability to defend yourself and your family. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what I you know I have a couple of those knee injuries and they don't go away. Right. Right. So, so he's going to so, be feeling that and, potentially for the rest of his life. And then there's yeah exactly and so then there's and but what I was going to say uh, originally was we were talking about you know people like you know my kind of my my running uh, stereotype of. Uh, when I see like a, a, say a new Kramaga program, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll look at the Kramaga program and a lot of times I'll look on there and it says the instructors, you look at the instructors and they'll say they're, you know, they're a fourth level, level certified instructor in Kramaga and they're a sixth degree black belt in Taekwondo and they're, uh, you know, and then their assistant instructor is a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. So you read all these people who, you know, and of course, yes, we're going back to, to Taekwondo because just that's, that's what I saw yeah. was the trend was, was I'm sure these guys either maybe got into an altercation, or uh, you know, or maybe they're just you know trying to make money, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you know, that's when Krav Maga was blowing up, uh, you know, and 
and a lot of them are like, well, you know, I, I found out, you know, I was a sixth degree black belt and I've been training for years and I had hundreds of students and this, it just, the techniques in Krav were so awesome. I right. immediately discarded everything I did. And I was like, well, why? Right. You know, yeah. I mean, that was a well, whole lot of time I, invested because of this scenario, yep. you know, that context of thing. Yes, your, your spinning axe handle kick probably didn't work against the guy, you know, rushing you. Yeah. You know, but just well, it, don't do that. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've often thought, you know, as far as being disheartened by your martial arts goes, I've often thought, boy, if, if the thousands of hours I spent learning martial arts, I actually spent on something that was, you know, useful. <laughs> then I would have been much better off and I could have probably made more money and hired a bodyguard. Um, so uh, I know that's off the context. That, that's off the uh, keep it in context. But I guess my point is is that people have to realize that the context is is larger than a ring. It's larger than a particular fight it's larger than a one-on-one -on -one. it's it's bigger than even your martial art is uh and so if if anything don't don't get disheartened by by anything you're doing if it's making you happy and you're enjoying it and you feel like your life is better for it than than not and and that to me is the ultimate context of judging if what you're doing is worthwhile. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's it, it, if you get getting out what you want out of it. Yep. You know. I guess that's yeah. And, and I mean, and some people they want to beat the stink out of themselves and, and oh, absolutely, and and, and and things like you know. And there's that you know, what's the ROI I, on that? I, love, I don't know. And I love to watch them do it. Yeah. But I would just I I, I get <laughs> I get disheartened. Like you know, I had a, a friend of mine, and he he had a black belt again, Taekwondo. I I, I know we like to make fun of our mm. Korean. There's a lot of them, bre brother and sister. Exactly, they're everywhere. <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, but he said he came and trained, worked out in my class, mm -hmm. and he said, and again, you know, context. He said. Wow, I've, you know, because cause he, he got a lot of time, and then his stepfather trained in uh, Swai Chow. And okay. so he started training with that, and, you know, he was, he was like, oh, man, you know, you're like you're throwing people and hitting different. people. Yeah, you know, and he's like, oh, the whole Taekwondo stuff I was learning was just complete junk, you know. And I was, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to necessarily disagree. I'm not going to, but anyway. Right. But, but then he said when he came to my class, I was like, oh, well, yeah, come, come work out with us sometime. And so he showed up to the class, and we worked out, and he was like, <clears throat> he said, I had no idea that, that this is what karate was. Oh. And I said, what? He says, yeah. He says, you know, the, the kick punch, and I just thought it was all the same stuff. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, the context is you were so wrapped up in your art that you didn't see the other stuff that was going on. So, I well, mean, and I think that's, I think that's a super, I think one of the, the worst things that you can do for, for students is uh, keep them out of other schools. And I know. I know that some schools do this, especially sort of the McDojo-esque type schools where, you know, don't go to this other school and, and you know, you can't go to a sparring night over your friend's house because he had, you know, you can only spar within your style, um, if not just within your school. Because it's don't, too deadly. 
because it's too deadly. Yeah. Um, and I think what what happens in those cases is, you know, if if you're five years in and you go to another school that, again, has a vastly different art. And you're studying very different things. I mean, I'm, and I don't know how much experience you have with it, but um, probably the. I know that for me, I had a lot of martial arts experience before before I did chi sao for the first time. And um, the first time I did chi sao, it was disorienting and disheartening because I thought I. How is this? How is this happening? That I'm just so awful at this. I mean, I'm I'm terrible at this. This, you know, this guy that's been doing martial arts, let alone Wing Chun, for like six months, is just is all over me. And it's because there are, as I learned, there are tricks to it. You know, there there are there are tricks that you can do that one make you look really good, and especially if if you're doing it against someone who's new in class and may have had previous martial arts experience, and you kind of want to show off a little bit, and you know, it's it's a game, and it's a set of particular techniques that you can kind of. So yes, if you're coming in from a a kick punch background and you walk into a uh, a ground fighting dojo, you're gonna feel like a slob. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if if you wait until you're five years into your martial arts to have that experience, you're gonna be super bummed. <laughs> <laughs> if if you do it in six months or a year, you're gonna have again a little more context of I see this isn't good or bad. This is just very different than what I have been training. Yeah, yeah, it's. <clears throat> and, and and it can be you know we had you know people that would just quit quit and art quit martial arts in general and you know and people that will totally switch out and, and so but it doesn't it doesn't you know the, the person who's been doing Wing Chun for six months more than you has been doing it for six months more than you and it doesn't matter if you're right. you know a sixteenth degree black belt in Hu right. Feng Dung when right. you know but you're not a anything in and Wing Chun. And Wing Chun. So, yeah. I mean, even though you may have stuff that has relatively the same concept, it's someone who does that all the time. That's right. That is going to, you know, be completely different, you know. And it's just- well, and like I said, I, I, I picked up the tricks. You learn, you learn the tricks and you go, oh, well, I mean, uh, uh, Chisa was a great example of just because you can touch somebody doesn't mean you can hit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of people, when they start doing chi sao, they feel like, oh, if if I can touch them, I kind of get a point, I score on them, and that makes me better than them. And when you get touched and quote unquote scored upon, you feel as though you're worse than the other person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when again, you don't have the you don't have the true context of that exercise. When that's just simply not the case. Um, and later on when, when I had been doing Wing Chun for quite a while and somebody would kind of step up and get a little bit more aggressive and, and start doing techniques that I, I, you know, um, that I felt like were, were either cheap or just weren't really, um, contextual to the exercise, I'd start using my legs and I would say, okay, well now let's, let's, you know, hey, you feel 
I, I think you're pretty comfortable with this level of exercise. Let's start adding sweeps in. And all of a sudden, it just throws them right off their game. <laughs> and so, because I can do this. Right. And, and so it's just like, that doesn't mean that what you were doing wasn't good, you know? But it's just not. It's not the whole picture. It's not the whole thing. Right. And I'm sure me adding sweeps, I might be like, oh, I can add sweeps and I can throw you off your game and I'm all badass. Well, guess what? My instructor's got something else he could throw in. Um, so, <laughs> but again, um, it's the, the disheartening factor comes if, yes, absolutely, if you do take it out of context and you say, well, this is, you know, this is going to equal, this is going to equal this, and therefore I'm a total badass, it, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. And as an instructor, and uh, this will be our last point because we need to wrap this up because we, we're, we're almost trying to stay on to our 30-minute uh, mandate hey. uh, by about 15 minutes. The, uh, hey. <clears throat> You know, as an instructor, uh, I, I think, and maybe because Burton's an instructor, maybe that was why he took it a little deeper, heart. It's like, well, you know, why can't I make this work? I've been doing this for a really long time, mm-hmm. and you know, and this, we've heard it before of you know the, the the concept of old man karate, which you know, it's just it's stuff that you'd, maybe you just can't make work, a hundred percent of the time, you know, and and but you know, a few years down the road, it'll click right in, and I mean, there's techniques that are. Our, our white belt level 2D techniques that, you know, when we do, when I, I teach the, the, the students, I show, okay, this is the, the thing. And like, you know, you do this and, and it's supposed to do that, but it won't always do that. So don't get, you know, disheartened about it. Mm-hmm. But now, and just, just in the last you know, like month or three, because I've had a crop of students come in, so I'm teaching a lot, was I was hitting it pretty regularly. And I'm like, wow. And I told them, I said, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of decades and I can just now feel confident that I'm going to hit that. <laughs> you know, yeah. make that technique work. Yep. I said, and it's at your level. <laughs> right. And, and now, and it's, you know, that can say a lot about my, my skill set, but it's just, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to kind of hit. And so yeah. I, but I'm like, you know, and just now I can do it. So don't get disheartened. Don't get, keep it in context of yeah. you're just beginning and that's kind of a small thing to do and don't sweat it. I remember the first time I actually relaxed my leg for a round kick. Uh, rather than ha- you know, I I had been k- kicking with a tense leg for years and years and years and years, and the first time I actually relaxed, I think what it was was I had one instructor that would that would drill us really really hard, and I was just so tired I couldn't do it anymore, and I just kind of you know flopped my leg around and I thought boy, that was actually a, a harder kick than. I had ever kicked before and the light bulb went off, you know, and I've been doing round kicks for years and years. So anyway, your point was going to be the last point, wasn't it? Right. But now that point's <laughs> the last point. So keep it all in context. Don't, don't, don't let, don't let the man get you down. You know, don't let your uke get you down because, you know, right. the uke, you're supposed to put them down. But it just, you know, keep it all in context. You know, keep doing what you're doing, you know, ask questions, obviously, you know, and, and search for it because like I say, well, Burton said, okay, I'm going to go over here and train with this for a little while until I can figure out what's, what's amiss, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and look for the larger context. Yeah. And, and look for the larger context. And, you know, he's <clears throat> look within, you know, maybe, okay, I, I don't do this a lot. So maybe I need to focus on that for a little while. And then, you know, maybe it's, it, it's all part of the training. It's all part of the path, you know, yep. you know, keep your feet on the ground, keep reaching for the stars. 
There you go. Is that trademarked? Can I say that? I think you can say that. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, well, cool. Uh, yeah, so keeping it all in context, for the love of God, you know, go to Amazon.com or to yes. KarateCafe.com, the Amazon oh. link. Yes, sir. Yes, and some errata that I'd like to mention. The dojo, the dojo manager is still running strong. If you have a dojo, uh, dojomanager.com, give it a try. Um, the other thing I'd like to mention... Uh, that I think would be really cool if we could do if people have uh, upcoming seminars or uh, special events or if you're an instructor that does traveling seminars. Uh, Kent Nelson just told me that I don't know if he's – I don't know if I should be saying this or not. You're getting the secret info, the, the, the Karate Cafe podcast listeners. Um, he's going to start a program where – he will essentially travel to your school for and and all the school owner has to do is pay for the cost of travel. Uh, and if there are any seminar fees or anything like that, then the school owner gets to keep those. So he's just doing it to get the word out and to get him out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, depending on on what it is, if if it's you know, fifty bucks for a seminar fee costs them two hundred to get there. That means an instructor breaks even at four people. Right, uh, yeah. and and I gotta say that's <laughs> that's a pretty damn good deal. Um, so it's stuff like that. If anybody's got some of that stuff and wants us to announce it on the podcast, especially our European listeners, right? Because um, we got we, we're 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 building up our European audience, and you guys can have the ability they're a little, little closer to each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and if you guys want to fly us over, that's totally hey, cool. You know, that would be that would be fine, and it will it'll only cost you the price of airfare, food, and accommodations. That's right. Hey. <laughs> and I got a bad back, so it's gonna be first class. That's right. So we'll fly over and we'll do a seminar in Marshall in in, poor, in bad podcasting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Well, that's another fine, fine uh, topic here on uh, Karate Cafe. G- give us an email. Uh, give us a call. Give us a tweet. Give us a Facebook. Do it up. Do it up. And uh, we will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.